This is episode number 51 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms. And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health. While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Two Birth and Beyond. It's Jesse Mundell. And Anita Lambert. Today, we have Allison Tenney with us. We're so excited. First off, welcome, Allison, to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here chatting with both of you. I know. We're so excited to finally get you on. This has been in the works for a little while. We wanted to get you on to talk about considering community, empowerment, and marginalized groups in fitness. So we're going to talk about the fitness and health spaces, how we speak about creating community, who we're including and excluding when we have these conversations. I also really want to talk to you about empowerment in fitness and, again, who we're empowering and who we're not when we say these words. And are they just buzz? words or are we truly having deeper more meaningful thought around these terms so I'm going to do a quick intro to you Allison and then we'll get you to talk a little bit more about what you're doing currently because we know you have a lot of good stuff going on and particularly interested in talking about the event you're hosting in Seattle coming up soon so Allison is a wife, mom of two, soccer coach, fitness enthusiast, coffee addict, and kettlebell obsessed. And this is her bio. Movement has always been an integral part of who I am. My fitness journey started on the soccer field at five years old and includes serving as captain for my division one college soccer team. Once my playing career ended, I started coaching college soccer with a particular focus on fitness programming and building strength in high performing players. Marriage, two kids, and many soccer games and injuries later, I have found movement to be an even more important part of my life. Movement connects, empowers, enriches, and strengthens our lives. So Allison, we love all of this. I want to dive into more of this specifically as we get going, but give us an updated version now. What does life look like for you and what does work look like for you in 2019? Ooh, 2019 is kind of a new ball game for me. My family moved to from Seattle, Washington to Orlando, Florida this past year. So we've now been in Florida for a year, um, which kind of shifted my career and my husband's career. Um, so big family changes. Um, I was a soccer coach um, along with had my own in-person training business in Seattle. And now I've basically dropped the soccer coaching and I'm focusing all on my online fitness business, along with running the Ignited Women's Summit, which takes up a lot of my time, the few months leading up to it. Um, and those are kind of the biggest shifts for me in terms of personal and business. I want to talk specifically about how your work or your perspective with your work in the fitness industry has shifted over the last couple of years. So this will be the third ignited women project correct 
Yes. Okay. Yes. And the, this will be the third year. This will be the third year. So it started in 2017. Mm-hmm. And what is what was the goal of the event then? So year one summit was really about talking about strength in all different ways and talking about empowerment and what that means for women, basically, in general. Um, and it's not to say that year one wasn't a great event. There was a lot of people in the room. I got some really great feedback. Um, but it was really looking back on it now. Um, you know, I do think the word empowerment is kind of this buzzword and we throw it around without a whole lot of context of what exactly we're talking about and who we're talking about. And the year one event, I was like, everybody and everybody should come and it's meant for everybody and all women. And I really just lumped way too many groups of people together without considering context. Um, And looking back, I ended up leaving a lot of voices out of that event that were really critical to talking about strength and talking about empowerment. Um, So while year one was great, there was a lot of room for improvement. (laughs) Yeah, and I think it's just incredible that we can look back and reflect on that and knowing how much it's shifted since then, I think this year will be really telling about how much you have grown and the type of uh, the type of conversations that you now want to have and how they influence your fitness coaching on the daily now. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I, I think one of the biggest things that I want to impress upon people is that it wasn't like, oh, I just had a few comments in the feedback forms and took that and totally revamped the event. It was a lot of self-discovery and a lot of conversations um, that I was having with friends and mentors and teachers um, and a lot of work on myself and my own growth. And then it showed up in the year two event and I've done more work and more work on myself. And now it's showing up in year three event. And so I want people to really understand that it's not just about like, oh, let's tweak the sign-in sheet and it's going to be a better event. Like there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes personally um, that then gets put forth into the event. Yes, yes. And you sent me an article when I was Mm. prepping for this interview that was written about the summit. And I've heard you talk about it before, just that this article is written about the year one and the feedback was, it's hard to handle. It's really uncomfortable when those blind spots are uncovered for you. You might hear a baby crying right now, FYI. (laughs) Um, So one quote from the article was that the event's impact was limited due to its narrow definition of success and its reliance on speakers from only one industry to speak about Mm. their experiences. I'm Mm. interested going forward, how will you define success for this year's event? For this year's event, success to me will be um, the types of connections and the type of community that w- the women who show up and attend the event walk away with. I really want that sense of community because I firmly believe that change is so much more powerful when we do it together. And I want them to be challenged in their definition of what wellness is. 
This is a wellness and leadership summit. And I have four out of the 11 speakers that are not even in fitness. They're experts um, in sex and intimacy. They're experts in setting goals or leadership. They're They have nothing to do with fitness. And I think that's so important to take into consideration when you're talking about wellness. It's more than getting into a gym, lifting weights, the type of exercises you do. Um, And I want women to get that from the summit. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. I really appreciate that. And I think that it's so problematic when we have this wellness paltrow type idea of wellness and that that is a lot of what what the fitness industry is projecting and is something that I've had to take a deep look at myself and my own messaging around wellness too over the last couple of years. Yeah. And I think we, we throw around these word these buzzwords of empowerment and inclusive, but it's really easy to do that when you are talking from a dominant perspective, like me as a um, female presenting thin white woman. Yeah, I can say let's empower women, let's include everybody. But I haven't had the experiences of a black or brown woman of a trans or gay or all those other identities. And so how can I speak about being diverse and and inclusive, um, that's not necessarily my place, which is why it's this fine line for me. The summit is about those things. And I like using my platform and creating an event and a space for those conversations to happen, but it has to be facilitated by women of color, by women that have those perspectives and those experiences. That's not that's not my place necessarily. How the summit, how you said it, it's changed over the couple years. Would you say even just um, what the day is like has changed so that now um, these conversations can be had more than maybe the first year um, that you ran it? Totally. So year one, it was literally just three keynote speakers. They each had about a 45, 50 minute time slot And I also hosted it um, on a university campus in like a big auditorium. And so they, the speakers were up on a big stage. Everybody was in the auditorium, stadium stadium seating. And it was almost like this like separation of being up on stage versus everybody in the audience. And you just kind of sat and listened to the keynote speakers. They were inspiring. They were empowering. They were great. But I think there needs to be more of an interaction between attendees and speakers. And so and after the feedback that I got from year one to year two, I knew I needed to change venues because a physical space is super important when you're hosting an event like that. It does change the vibe and how people are connecting within a room. Um, So we moved venues. And I made it, I kept it an evening event just because I wasn't sure how numbers were going to shake out. But I did um, still a keynote and had more panel discussions. And so there was a little bit more interaction between audience and speakers and got great feedback from the interaction amongst the group. Um, And so the third year, now it's going to be a full day event. And 
We're still having a keynote speaker, Sharon Eskandani. She's a life coach out of New York City. She talks about joy and manifestation. Um, and then the breakout sessions are going to be throughout the day. So those will be more intimate and you can really have that um, personal touch with the breakout host. You'll be interacting with the women in those sessions. And there's just more of an intimate feeling when you're in that small group setting, um, doing some interactive work in those different groups. So that's kind of the progression from year one, two to now year three. And the goal is really that community piece, that intimate piece. And for women to walk away with this sense of like, things that fit within my values and my business or my life or my family or my community, I don't have to compromise any of that to get what I want. So I think that's a big piece that's missing, at least what I see when I go to events or um, just in a lot of different industries is that you have to do things one way or you have to fit in this box to be successful and you have to market a certain way. You have to use this language. And I just, disagree wholeheartedly. I don't think you should have to compromise those things to be successful or to feel the way you want to feel in your body or to have a successful business. And I hope that that is also conveyed throughout the breakout sessions and what women walk away with. That's so refreshing. I love it. <laughs> We will give more details and info on the event in the show notes, but just quickly, what is it called and what day is it on? It's called Ignited Women's Summit. It's on Saturday, February 9th in Seattle, Washington. Um, the event space is called The Riveter, which is in a neighborhood called Capitol Hill. It starts at 8.30 in the morning and goes till 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Cool. Amazing. And the keynote speaker, Sharin Eskandani, who you mentioned, we have had her on the podcast too. And mm -hmm. she's just the best. Ugh, love her. Yeah. Love her. It's going to be so good. Okay. Let's talk yeah. about empowerment. So a common line or message that we hear in fitness and health spaces and from coaches is that we're working to empower people. And specifically, mm -hmm. we want to empower women. Mm -hmm. What does it even mean? Are we actually doing this and for whom are we doing this? So I have a couple thoughts around the word empowerment. It bothers me because I feel like it's a buzzword that we throw around. And for me to empower somebody else means that I have to give you your power. And in my opinion, you've always had your power. It never left you. We get tricked into thinking that it is outside of ourselves and it is not. And the work that we have to do is to simply pull back those layers and uncover that power. And I think that's where we can help women feel empowered is that I can just help you peel back those layers to show you that your power was always there. It never left. Oh, I love that. I love that specifically because we're Anita and I are often talking to pregnant people and moms and we always mm. get this messaging postpartum that we need to get mm. our bodies back and yes. on a similar vein your body never left it's always yes. right here yes and I think we really we become we forget and we become disconnected from our bodies 
And it's something that we're conditioned to believe and that we're taught is this disconnection. And I really think that it's on purpose. It's on purpose so that we try to get back to our bodies through ridiculous fitness routines or ridiculous diet routines so that marketing systems can make money off of us. And it's this cycle that we get stuck in. And I just really want to get away from that oppressive system. And it only benefits these marketers and these people that are trying to make money off of our insecurities. And with talking about community, another aspect of the fitness and health messaging program is to say that we're creating community, Mm -hmm. as in creating communities for our members in person and also in the online space. So Mm -hmm. how do you think about this now and what does this mean and what type of communities? Um, I really think again, community can really be a buzzword and you can try to include everybody. But when you're not specific about what community you're trying to include, I think you end up excluding people. Um, representation matters in the fitness space because what we see around us shapes our world and it creates what's possible for us. Um, your external world becomes your internal landscape. And so if you're not seeing images and women and people that look like you, that can have a really negative effect. So I hope that, and I think like in the fitness space in general, we need to be amplifying women of all different shapes, all different colors, um, all different backgrounds, so that there is a more inclusive community. Because again, it's that oppressive system that's meant to put you in one specific box so that you feel guilt or feel shame and think that something else is going to fix you. So you have to go spend money on it. And if we can work towards a more inclusive community, you're really breaking down that system. And until we break down that system, and I know this sounds like pie in the sky, but I really believe in fighting for this vision of having an inclusive community in space. And you have to see women that look like your world around you. And it's not just thin, white, California tan fitness models. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I think that It'd be super interesting for us to hear you talk about that feedback that you got after year one Mm -hmm. and it's talked about the type of community that was created, talked about empowerment. Mm -hmm. It was all related to that. And how did you initially feel with that feedback? Taking feedback like that is really I mean, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't like I just read the article and was like, oh, they're right. And I'm just going to go change for year two and just like kept on my way. Mm -hmm. I was defensive and totally had a reaction of, you know, who are they? They don't know me. I put in all this work and, you know, now they're just trashing all this hard work that I mean, I was defensive. 
But after taking a couple deep breaths and talking to my inner circle, they were right. And it's embarrassing to admit when you're wrong, um, when you have the best intentions. But I think the impact that you have is way more important than just your good intentions. Intentions matter, but impact is way more important. And the impact that I had in that year one was that I left a lot of voices out. The speakers were all white and what I had marketed the event as this empowering event wasn't empowering to all women. Um, so things that I lacked awareness around um, and was unaware of certain issues, I really had to dig in and learn, um, learn about them. And that's a tough process to go through when you have to work through that defensiveness and you have to get over your own embarrassment to kind of pull it together and keep moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Also interested because you are a mom. How old are mm -hmm. your girls now? My oldest one will be eight at the end of February and my little one is six. Okay. So do you feel like this whole experience over the last couple of years has really shifted how you parent as well? It has. It's honestly made me um, feel even more, gosh, what would be the right word? Headstrong about making sure that my girls grow up understanding their privilege, understanding um, different systems that are in play on an individual level that are acted upon them um, on an institutional level. And it makes me mad, number one. It makes me really mad that these things exist. But then it also makes me hopeful that I now can teach them about these things and have conversations and language around talking to them about it so that I can pass that down to them and that they can have opportunities to also um, change things, which makes me feel really good. But it's certainly shifted how I speak to them about different topics. Um, and yeah, I mean, even just like small things. When we walk to school, I don't just grab, like I want to ask, can I hold your hand? I ask, can I give you a hug? I ask, do you want to talk about your day? Um, so we're talking about body autonomy and consent and starting there, and then if they have questions about other things, I just do my best to answer them and not give them fluff. Yeah, I love it and agree with you mm -hmm. 100%. <laughs> as soon as my eyes were open to so many of these, again, social, racial, um, just justice issues of many different yes. kinds over the last few years. It yes. was like, how, how did <gasps> I not know any of this? It's like, I'm looking at the world with a completely different lens. Mm -hmm. These were not conversations that I was having with my parents, <laughs> but even in school, not yeah. in elementary, high school, not in universities that I attended mm -hmm. as well. It is just 
I think it's just so important what you said about teaching your kids about their white privilege yes. um, as white people. It is for us, it feels like an absolute necessity to be able to understand the world. Yes. Because their systems of power and oppression morphs and changes and it wants to keep certain people in and certain people out and certain people down. And if you are unaware of those as part of that system, right, as like a white woman, I have white privilege. I have to know where that privilege lies so that I can use my privilege for action instead of just swimming in this water. I think it was Robin D'Angelo. She wrote this great book called White Fragility. I highly recommend it. Um, we are fish swimming in water. And if you don't know that, how, how can you see it? You don't, you just don't see it. Um, but w once you realize that you are a fish swimming in water, it's just a whole new world and it's a whole new game. So with all the topics that we've been talking about, yeah. um, how are we talking about and tackling these issues as white women? And like, who are we centering? The default is always the, the position of power. And so the def because white is the default, I think to acknowledge your privilege and acknowledge what that default is, is super important. But you have to do the work first to understand that you are the default and that that is your privilege. And privilege isn't, doesn't mean that you haven't suffered or that your life hasn't, you haven't overcome a lot of things. Privilege is what you haven't had to go through. And because we're part of this dominant group, we're unaware because we are the norm. Um, so once you dig in and understand that you're part of a dominant group, that you are the norm, now you can acknowledge that and bring in other voices um, into space. And it's so cool to hear other people's perspectives. Like it's boring to hear the same thing over and over and over again, becomes your, your world becomes so much more colorful and rich and deep when you, when your world is filled with women that don't look like you and have different experiences and different perspectives. And I think that's the beauty in understanding your privilege. It's not a dirty word. Yes. Yeah. And I think that people can get really uncomfortable Ooh. and defensive around it. Um, yeah. But it truly, it truly is, as you said, your world becomes so much more rich. And on that note, can you talk more about uh, the speakers and who you are bringing in for the Ignited Women Summit and the types of discussions that they're going to be having. Yeah, so Sharon Eskenzani, the keynote speaker, um, is going to be speaking about joy and manifestation. And then for the breakout sessions, Fitness and Nutrition 101 is going to be led by Lestrandra Alfred, and she has a really lovely way of simplifying fitness and nutrition to make it super manageable um, and not overwhelming and confusing. Um, another breakout session, Advocacy and Finding Your Voice, is going to be run by Chrissy King, who is a self-proclaimed truth teller and just so wonderful at showing up to spaces unapologetically and um, has done a wonderful 
job herself in using her voice in the fitness space as a woman of color. She has another yeah. podcast <laughs> guest of ours. Yes. Mm-hmm. Check out check out her podcast. Sex and Intimacy, um, that's going to be led by Erin Brown and also by another woman named Christy Brown. And I'm, ex- I'm actually, this is one of my ones that I want to sit in on as a breakout session because this gets missed in the fitness space completely. It's almost like in a separate silo. And I'm really excited and interested to see how the two of them incorporate sex and intimacy into um, like getting to know yourself a little bit better, how you're connecting to those pieces of you. Um, And that breakout session will obviously be kept private and no videos. I don't think there's going to be anything weird in there. It's more of how are you connecting to those intimate pieces of yourself? Yes. Um, Love that you're talking about that. Yes. Um, from startup to C-suite, um, is two women that have both started their own companies. One is an athletic apparel brand called Fear Her Fight with Maria Rodriguez and another woman who started a fitness app where it's basically like on-demand fitness, um, kind of like Uber, but fitness with Mile Goel. And I'm really excited to see for them to talk about their struggles with a startup and what that actually looks like to follow through to have your own company. Um, podcasts and blogging is with Steph Gaudreau and Taylor Gage, who are just crushing it in the podcast and blogging realm as well. And they both bring like you two, this unique voice, this authentic voice. They have amazing guests and, um, I think it's such a great way to bring more voices into different realms through podcasts. And then the last breakout session is personal brand strategy and goal setting. This is being led by Felicia Ankton Johnson and Keto Williams, who um, both have Keto Williams runs successfully, which is exactly what it sounds like. She's a professional butt kicker. And she's going to be doing some goal setting, actual goal setting, where you're going to be writing out your goals. She's going to be taking you through some worksheets. And Felicia, as well, has a great personal brand. She's going to be walking people through strategy and personal brand session. Um, So really diverse backgrounds um, and skill sets amongst those breakout session hosts. And there's something for everybody. Like if you're like, I'm not a personal trainer cool, go to personal brand and sex and intimacy and finding your voice. Like it doesn't, I think there's a little bit for everybody, but you also have to come with this mindset of wanting to be a learner, wanting to connect with other women, wanting to challenge those narratives um, for what wellness can mean for women. Yeah, I was going to ask, Allison, in terms of over the last couple of years, yeah. who has been, I guess, in terms of uh, like the participants that come, is mm-hmm. it mostly fitness professionals, health professionals, or is it people who aren't necessarily professionals, but just want to learn more? Or is it kind of a bit of everyone? It's a bit of everybody. I would say about half are fitness professionals. They either run their own online business, they're trainers in the gym, they own a gym, 
Um, we do get some fitness enthusiasts um, who have been following the speakers or the breakout session hosts, um, done their programs. And this past year, we actually got a lot more um, holistic coaches, nutrition coaches, life coaches, um, people that aren't necessarily into body transformation, um, but more on the like, let's get your life in line and how can I help you move forward type of coaches. So they're really, it, it, it has, as I've opened up these breakout sessions this year, I've seen a lot more attendees and a lot more signups um, that are outside of the fitness realm, which I think is wonderful because to me, the gold in a successful event is really the attendees. Like, I have awesome speakers. I understand that that's why people are probably going to sign up. But if I could share the attendee list of who's coming, that's where the gold is, is like connecting with those three, four, five women that you just totally click with. You can go home. You have more of a support system, women that really understand you, get you um, so that when you're back home alone, questioning everything you're doing, wondering if you're doing it right, a quick text message to, you know, whoever was sitting next to you, like, hey, I'm struggling. Can you help me? That's where I think a successful event um, really comes from and what I want women to walk away with. So good. You're doing such good work. And I know I told you before that I want to come so badly. And this baby's just attached to my boobs far too often. I know, Jess. I was thinking, I'm like, we'll have to make a trip next year. I know. Yes, 2020 is our year. Yeah. Well, and to all the mamas out there, this will be going out in the attendee email. We do have a mom room. So if you need to pump, yes. totally awesome. And there is fridges to keep your milk. So um, we are accommodating those mamas that, that have that. So thank you so much. That's so important. Yes. Incredible. All right, Allison. Well, thank you again for coming on with us today, having these conversations. We will post all the information about the Ignited Women's Summit in the show notes of today's episodes. Uh, but again, we appreciate you being on. Thank you so much. I really appreciate both of you for having me on. Thank you so much. On the next episode of To Birth and Beyond, we give you our top five tips to fitting in exercise in a packed schedule and with small children around. Anita and I give you real life examples about how we fit in exercise into our own life as moms of toddlers and babies and as entrepreneurs. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. You can find any links or resources we discussed in the show notes at tobirthandbeyond.com. And if you enjoyed today's show, we would love for you to leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to the To Birth and Beyond podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. 